Praise God in the highest. Hallelujah. I am excited today. And this series today, this topic today is bruised but not broken. I will take my text from Matthew's gospel, the 12th chapter. I will read verse number 17. Matthew, Bible says that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying what did he say behold my servant this is the Jesus anointing what I call the Jesus anointing behold my servant whom I have chosen my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased I will put my spirit upon him that spirit is the anointing all of it I want to know how the Jesus anointing operates this is it he was speaking about what Isaiah said about the Jesus anointing so this is how the Jesus anointing operates behold my servant in whom I'm well pleased I will put my spirit upon him and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles now number the next thing he shall not strive the anointing is not a strife nor cry neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets the next verse says a bruised reed shall he not break I repeat a bruised reed shall he not break a smoking flax shall he not quench till he sends forth judgment unto victory father I pray that your word will come forth today with power with precision with accuracy with grace in the name of Jesus those that will hear this word and are bruised by situations around us I pray oh God after today's message they will become unbroken they will become solid in the name of Jesus thank you father in Jesus mighty name I pray a bruised reed shall he not break. A bruised reed shall he not break. Let's take a look, a closer look at the Jesus anointing. This is talking about the Jesus anointing as prophesied in the book of Isaiah and also in Luke chapter 4 verse number 18 the Bible clearly tells us what Jesus said when he declared his ministry open he said the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives the recovering of sight to the blind and set at liberty them that are bruised. The word bruised is what I want to magnify today. So I'm teaching and preaching on the subject bruised, not broken. Bruised, not broken. Why? Because in that passage, we find out that the anointing of Jesus may not be able to help you or prevent you from being bruised. But guess what? The anointing of Jesus will ensure you are not broken. A bruised reed shall he not break. That's where I'm going today. Now, COVID-19 may have indeed dealt some crushing blows to our economy as a nation to your economy as an individual COVID-19 may have done bruising, may have bruised you in the wrong place in life and you're asking Reverend Casali, how can I come back? I feel bruised, I feel wounded, I feel crushed, how can I come back? My marriage is on the precipice of divorce, things are happening so fast, I'm on the cusp of giving up, I'm fainting on the inside. I'm 
bruised on the outside. I don't know who to trust. I don't know who to talk to. Things are tough. Things are not going the way I planned them in January. My God, things are going looking bad and bleak for me. How do I come back from this scenario or situation? You must ensure you are not broken. You must make sure you become unbroken after COVID-19. Don't let the devil break you. Don't let economy break you. Don't let situation break you. Don't let things break you. The word bruised is different from being broken. There are times we are bruised, but ensure you're not broken. Hallelujah! I'm going to share something with you. I'm going to explain the difference between being bruised and being broken. There are five facts about being bruised. And the reason I like this Jesus anointing is because he is the only one that had the anointing without measure. John chapter 3 verse 34. The most anointed person ever that walked on earth was our Lord Jesus. He had his anointing without measure. He's there. One of the things he did with the anointing was to minister to bruised people to ensure they are not broken. I'm speaking to you today. You're bruised in your marriage. You're bruised in your personal finances. You're bruised in your career. You've taken a dip. You've taken a plunge. Things have happened so fast. Things are going in a way that you never planned they would go. You're wondering, will I ever recover? Some economists have said it will take the world three years to recover. The first major flu like this was between 1914 and 1918. People are scared. Will these ever, ever would we ever come out of this mess? Would we ever recover from this COVID-19 crisis? This crisis has come and so many people feel indeed squashed, feel crushed, feel bruised and they don't even know how to go. Your plans to make sure you do your book this year has been bruised. Your dreams of coming up with your music production this year has been bruised. Your desire of setting up your own company this year has been bruised and you're thinking will I ever come out of it? You can't even pay your rent. You're owing so much money. You have friends that have become enemies all of a sudden. You're saying pastor I'm bruised. But guess what? Has Jesus to help you so you don't get broken. The Jesus anointing is to ensure we're not broken even when you are bruised. To be bruised means to be crushed within emotionally. There are people that are emotionally bruised, emotionally crushed, to be wounded by setbacks and situations. You know that man, that good Samaritan that was wounded on the way, that's sorry, the, the guy, the Jew that was living Jericho, going to uh, Jerusalem, and he was attacked by robbers. He was wounded, but not broken. They left him for dead. As long as there is life within your belly, you will survive in the name of Jesus. To be bruised is to be depressed by the economy. You know, all your plans are thrown out right now. You're saying you had hoped to earn X amount of money in six months. Now all that is thrown in a garbage truck. You are hoping by this year you will eat the six, seven figures, eight figures. All that is thrown out now. Is how do I go? How do I survive? How do I, what steps do I take? Things are so tired. To be bruised is also to be disappointed by someone you love and have loved. How many of you understand that? 
when somebody bruises you, you say you loved that person and you feel bruised. You feel disappointed. By someone you love and you have loved. To be bruised is to be despair of living and you become suicidal. You're thinking of dying. You're thinking of giving up. Let me tell you three keys. Three. Three keys to remain unbroken. If you are going to see the end of COVID very well, three things you must do if you are going to ensure that you're not broken. The main aim of today's message is to help you, no matter how bruised you are, to stay strong and ensure you are not broken. Hallelujah. The first, the first key, the first key, if you are going to come out of this situation unbroken, is to stay strong in the Lord. Stay strong. I'm speaking to my brothers and sisters who are in faith. Paul said to the Ephesian church, finally my brethren, be strong in the Lord. You know why? For him to call you brethren is presupposed that you're born again. My brethren or my brothers, before I can say stay strong, that's to presume you are in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord means I reckon you are in the Lord. But how you are in the Lord matters. I don't want you weak in the Lord. I don't want you feeble in the Lord. I don't want you battered in the Lord. I don't want you beaten in the Lord. I don't want you bruised in the Lord. I want you strong in the Lord. Be strong. Christians don't know how to stay strong anymore in God. And in the power of his might. There are many believers out there who are not strong anymore in the Lord. How do I stay strong? Read the word. Spend time in worship. Go to church. Fellowship with believers. Guard your minds. Don't let evil thoughts, don't let evil bitterness heat up your soul. Be strong in the Lord. Stay connected with God. Don't lose your relationship with Jesus. Get hooked to Jesus. I remember many years ago, I saw a drug addict. I was preaching to that drug addict. And I, I asked him what he was doing. He said, well, my friend and I then, Professor Olanowaju, and he said, I'm hooked on drugs. I'm hooked. And then my friend just popped out that word. And that was what delivered that drug addict. Somewhere in Brunei, in Surulere, in Yaba. He said, you need to stop taking this, med- this drug and get hooked on Jesus. He said, how do I get hooked? First, drop your drugs. Come to church. I won't forget that till I die. Because after that, we started sharing the word. Get hooked on Jesus. And the guy kept coming to church. He kept coming to church. Our church then. He kept coming. And when they would see us, he said, now I'm hooked on Jesus. I'm hooked on Jesus. I'm hooked. <laughs> young man. Young man used to take some of those weed. Listen, folk. For you to stay strong. Many of us are no more strong in God. And it's, it's heartbreaking that we come to Christ and we remain feeble and weak in faith. Instead of being strong, being strong in the Lord. Say, so my brethren, be strong. My brethren, meaning that I'm talking to those in faith. So I need you to be strong in faith. Because you can be in faith, you can be in the Lord and not be strong in the Lord. That's the first point. 
Three keys, if you are going to indeed. Three keys, if you are going to be unbroken. The first key is, you must stay strong. That is the spiritual answer and solution to us remaining unbroken, even when we are bruised. You must. You must understand the powers of prayers. When last you spent 10 minutes to pray, indeed to pray, and your prayer point has nothing to do with give me, bless me, help me, have me. No, it's just, Lord, I love you. Or your prayer point is, Lord, give me insight into your mind, into your will. I want to love you more. I want to worship you more. I want to spend more time in your presence. Open my eyes to scriptures, to revelations. Let me understand the keys to living this victorious Christian life. Help me, oh God. That's the kind of prayers that we need to pray today. Hallelujah. Now, the second point, I picked it from the life of Apostle Paul. And the second point is very critical. The first point is spiritually be strong in the Lord. The second point is I want to address your minds. You cannot be unbroken until you have the right mindset. Have number two, the second key, have the right mindset towards life. Philippians 2, verse 5 says to us, Let this mind be in you, Jesus. Let this mind be in you. You need to renew the mind of your spirit. You need to renew the mind of your spirit. Listen, listen. If you are born again, your spirit is born again. Your mind needs to be renewed for your body to be strong. And that's the secret of Paul's strength. Paul had a right mind. His mindset, his paradigm towards the things of God and life generally was right. You can have a wrong mindset towards the things of God. Let this mind be in you. Simple. Put a full stop there. Which was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, try to find out the mind of Christ. Pick it up. Slot it into your own mind. The mind is the place of your head. The mind is the place of your thinking. Your heart is the place of your affection. Your people walk with God. Listen to me. The problem with the Christian church and the Christians today is this. Listen to me, son. We come to God believing. Listen, with the art, Romans chapter 10, man believes. Believing of faith is a function of what? Heart, not mind. Mind is your head. So when I tell young people to fall in love, I tell them, don't follow your heart alone. Also, listen to your head. Your head is telling you this guy has no job. This guy is a masterful liar. He's heartful, he's dodgeful. And you say, your heart is saying, I love him, I love him, I love him. Your mind is saying something else. The moment your mind runs contrary from to what your heart is saying, hold on. Get a pastor, get a counselor. Now, what Paul said here is key. Paul taught us faith from the heart. Also said to us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We have a church filled with Christians that only walk with their heart. Heart is a seat of affection, emotions, emotions. Head is a place of reasoning, thinking, logic, mindset. So God is not against 
Christians thinking. In Ephesians 3.20, it tells us now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what you ask or think. God wants us to think. God is not against thinking. In fact, God said, come, let us reason together. So God is a reasonable God. He wants us to reason together. He's not against us reasoning. So why would God say, don't reason with me? He didn't say so. He wouldn't say so. would never stop us from reasoning. So we need to start using not just only our hearts, but also our minds. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we have to think about the right mindset. The right mindset. The right, for you to stay strong, for you to be bruised and not broken, you have to develop the right mind. The right mind. Mentally, you've got to be strong if you are going to be unbroken. No matter how bruised you are, you've got to develop a strong mindset. It all starts here. If you lose it here, you lose everything. And Christians don't know how to develop here. Listen, listen, listen. I, I, I want to explain it. Watch, watch me, watch me. Please, please, please follow me. Joel, the Christians that use this, this mind, the Christians that use this do not have the mind of Christ. Paul said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ. So what we have is secular mindset. Though we are great thinkers in church, but we use secular mindset, not the mind of Christ. Because somewhere we've been told that Jesus is only spiritual. He cannot reach us psychologically. We've been told the only good that Jesus is good for is power, healing, deliverance, demons. When it comes to thinking, thinking about business, thinking about career, thinking about health, we go to our university professors in Harvard, in at Yale, Oxford, Cambridge. We bring their thoughts into church and start teaching our people to have their minds. Because something is wrong with us when we see Jesus. We see an uneducated illiterate who had power to heal the sick, cast out devils and raise the dead. So we only come to him for spiritual jingoism. When it comes to intellectualization of our thought process, we tend to think the scientists, the professors are smarter, wiser, better than Jesus. So, so there's a cacophony of people who are in trouble. And, and people don't know it. So subconsciously, subconsciously we do not see Christianity or this book that it's got potentials to make us smart. 
So we got to listen to certain speakers, not preachers, asking them to teach us how to be smart out there in the world, street smart, book smart, boardroom smart, to win in life. We don't believe that certain preachers or Jesus can do that. We think Jesus is only good for healing, signs and wonders, salvation of souls, humility and character, morality, that shall not come in fornication and adultery. We don't see Jesus at the sound. Let his mind be in you. Which was also in Christ. Well, that man is humility. In context, he was speaking of humility. So contextually, but generally, you have to have the man of Christ. You can have the man of Christ. Praise God. Now, let me not tell you five paradigms to embrace under key number two. Key number two is what? Mindset. Favor. Mindset. Five paradigms or five mindsets to embrace. The first paradigm is this. These two shall pass. You miss that. It's a paradigm. It's a mindset. These two shall pass. We coined it from scriptures and it came to pass. Let Archbishop Idaosa was the first preacher that I heard that preached that statement. And I never heard it at that before. It was as said to us at the conference. And he said, he used the scripture like many. It came to pass. You missed that. Valid. It came. Can I say it again? And COVID came. These two shall. It has not come to stay. It came. Do not pass away with it. Hang in there. These two shall tell somebody these two shall pass. <laughs> it came to pass. Everything that has come is going to pass away. It's a paradigm. You see, when you have that kind of mindset, you'll be calm in the storm. When the storm is raging, you say, What? Well, it has come to pass. Let me just hold in there. Let me just hang in there. So when the thing passes away, I'm still last man standing. You'll be standing after COVID is gone. In the name of Jesus. It has come to pass. You will not pass away with it. In the name of Jesus. Don't let this COVID crush you. Don't let it crush to the point where you think, oh, it has taken my life. No, it has come to pass. It's going to pass away. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not stay in it, you are walking through it. You are going to get through it in Jesus' name. The first paradigm, the first mindset you have is to do what? To understand that what? It's come to pass. It's, it's a mindset. It's a mindset. So when things are going the other way for you, just say to yourself, it's come to pass. When, when you pray and you don't get your answers or you find yourself in situations that you never dreamt of what should you do? Say to yourself it's going to pass 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 it's going away 
right mindset. And you find that mindset in scriptures. No matter what the devil threw at Job, Job knew it's going to pass. He took his sons, it's going to pass. He took his job, it's going to pass. I'm going to be here standing. Don't ever think COVID is the end of it all. COVID at the beginning is going to have an end. Everything that has a start will have an end. It's going to pass away someday. Praise God. Second mindset, which is very powerful. That's the bruise are not broken. It's temporary, not permanent. Let it be resolved in your spirit that whatever you are going through now is temporary. Sir, I lost my job. It's temporary. Sir, things are tough. It's temporary. Sir, I feel bruised. Temporary. You are the one that can make it permanent. You have the power to make a temporary situation permanent in your life if you refuse to let it go. It's temporary. Second Corinthians 4. This is why I call the treasure box. Look at what Paul said here, Pastor George. Paul said, we have this treasure, my God, in earthen vessels that the excellency of a power may be of God, not of us. Look at verse 8. Therefore, verse 8, that treasure is there. We are troubled. Who are these we? You forgot it. Who are these we? We that have what? Treasure. Let me get this box. You don't get it. Let me give you this, for instance, as a treasure box. Let's say this is a treasure. This is just a luggage. This is a treasure box. So we have treasure in this box. So this box is traveled on every side. Every side. The treasure is still where? You didn't get it. You can push me everywhere. It doesn't mean I don't have treasure anymore. We still have the treasure where? Many of you look at the bruises on the outside and you ignore the treasure. We have this treasure and that treasured vessel, that vessel carrying so much treasure. The reason the enemy is banging you back and forth is because of what you carry. The reason the enemy is pushing you up and down is because of what's on the inside of you. Give me verse 8. He said, we are troubled. So many troubles or tribulations on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, yet not despair. Next verse. We are, we are persecuted, yet not forsaken. Cast down like this, yet not destroyed. What can I do to break this thing? Go ahead. Everything the devil is doing. Shh. We are bruised. Yet not broken. Because look at me son. The devil's job or plan. Is to break this. Not to bruise it. So that it can empty that treasure. You are bruised. Scarred. There are all kinds of scars. That's why Paul now said. Look at this verse always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus if you can only see my body you will see so many scars that this guy has gone through a lot have been pushed back and forth I've been troubled, perplexed I've been bruised but I'm still because the treasure is still where 
and is a treasure that will bless humanity. Treasures of wisdom, of knowledge, of grace, of glory. There's so many songs I'm yet to write. So many poems I need to pen down. So many thoughts I need to write. So many sermons and messages on the inside that will bless humanity. So many prophecies I want to give. But no matter what you do to me on the outside, the treasure is still on the inside. My job is to birth like a woman that is pregnant. My job is to give birth for a preacher, the great sermon you're going to preach. For a singer, the great song you're going to sing. For a poet, the great poem you're going to write. For an artist, the great painting, the best painting you're going to paint on the canvas of this world. No matter for an author, the best book you're going to write. No matter what the devil does to you. For a businessman, the great invention, a scientist, the great invention, the great businessman, the great businesses, the many jobs you will give bruised, not broken. No matter what the devil throws at us, we will not be broken. We can be bruised. All of us are treasure boxes. Every time I see people in church, I see you, son. You're a treasure box. You have this treasure in earthen vessel. But that earthen vessel has gone through a lot the last 10 years of your life. That earthen vessel has been bruised, battered, crushed, beaten by all kinds. The storms of this world, the weather. Don't be broken. You cannot come back if you are broken. If you are bruised, you can still come back. I'm giving you the five kinds of what? Mindsets to embrace. The first is what? These two. I didn't hear you. These two. Second is what? It's temporary, not permanent. So whatever that box is going through, it is what? No matter what this vessel is going through, it's what? No matter what the COVID-19 brings my way, it's what? Temporary. It's temporary, not permanent. How many of you really think COVID-19 is permanent? It's temporary. It will soon go. Joel, it's going to go soon. It's temporary. Number three, the thought paradigm, the thought mindset. Ooh, I preached this sermon many years ago. Acts 20, verse 24. I'm teaching you, listen to me, everybody how to have the right mindset. The first mindset is what? These two shall. Second mindset is what? Third mindset. None of these things move me. This is a statement Paul made. You can make it your mindset. Are you not moved by the fact that COVID-19 has locked us down? None of these things move me. You can get to the point where nothing that the enemy throws at you will move you. You become unmovable. You become unbreakable. You become unbendable. No matter how bruised you are, none of these things move me. Paul said it here, neither count I my life dear to myself so that I might finish the cause with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. If you are going to finish your course in life there will be 
many things that the enemy will throw at you just to move you, just to shake you, just to break you. You must have the mindset of Paul the Apostle. That was why Paul won and Paul succeeded. He had a very strong mindset. He knew and he gave the world, he gave the devil, he gave sin, he gave everything around him. All that he matters, none of these things move me. Sometimes I cry when I see little things move strong Christians. Things, little things. They will come and meet you and say they lost their phone. They want to give up on God. <laughs> you can see the way Pastor George laughed. Oh, George, you don't know. Have you had some Christians cry? And you see why you crying? Did I tell you why they are crying? You'll be wondering. Can this little thing move you? Something small will move you. And you want to give up on life? Give up on God, you know what I'm saying? Give up and quit on your dreams. Quit on your goals. Quit on your strength. Quit on your ability and potentials. Quit on your faith. Quit on your confessions. Quit on your prophecies. Because, because one, one boy said, I'm not marrying you anymore. One boy that you want to marry. You love the boy. You propose. You now become depressed for 10 years. Error. We have too many spoiled Christians all across churches. You become moved. Apostle Paul was saying great things. They came to prophesy that Paul would die if he goes. He said, None of these things move me. He said, This thing doesn't move me. There are Christians that malaria will move. Malaria. I cry to God. God, you don't heal me. Malaria. This God has abandoned me. Malaria. Malaria can move you and shake you and break you. Do you know how many bruises some of us carry? I bear my body the match of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many times we've been persecuted, we've been depressed, we've been perplexed, we've been thrown down, and we're saying none of these things move me. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. Excuse me, Brother Tim, Dick and James, they have, they have taken my salary. Our God has left me. Salary. Salary. My pastor spoke to me anyhow. I'm living God. Pastor spoke, is he your God? You must develop. Let Archbishop Idaosa said to be a strong leader and a Christian. Develop, toughen your skin, deafen your ears. Say, toughen your skin, deafen your ears. My wife walked out of my marriage. Okay, we'll go and tell her to come back. She's not coming back. Okay, move on. Ah, how can I move on? How to die? None of these things. Let me ask you, what can move you? Job, long Job, I don't know the kind of person Job was. They took everything from him. He was not moved. Job. Job was resilient, tough, strong. He was a believer. He knew no matter what the enemy threw at him, I will not change. I will not deny God. I will not deny Christ. The early church, Matthias, those are killed. 
they threw them in the amphitheaters, lions, bears, different kind of wild creatures. They did not deny Christ. Look at the pastor that died where? In the north, Obokwaram and Dimi. They beheaded him. He did not deny Christ. The question is this. What are the things that can move you as a believer? If you are going to be a winner, if you are going to remain unbroken, don't forget I'm preaching on bruised, not broken. If you are going to be unbroken, you must have the mindset of what none of these things move me. You must have it. If you don't have it, you are not going to win. If you don't have it, you will not win. And I want you all to develop that kind of thick skin and mindset. None of these things move me. Sir, the economy is bad. None of these things move me. Sir, churches have not met. None of these things move me. Sir, the government will close church for under six months. None of these things move me. COVID may be prolonged under one year. None of these things move me. You must say to that yourself. You must say it, you believe it. You think it, you believe it. None of these things move me. Paul said it. No. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. The fourth mindset, and if you look at none of these things move me, go back to Acts 20 24. Acts 20 24. Acts 20 24. The reason Paul said none of these things move me in Acts 24. Look at it. So that I might finish my course. With what? Joy. This is the secret of winners and overcomers. Look at me. Jesus, for the joy set before him, Hebrews 12, endured the cross, despised the shame. So the guy was willing. Christ, there must be something that would drive you to take all kinds of things that the enemy would throw at you. So this guy's case is what? That I might finish my course with joy. So the reason now this is moving me is I'm running a race. I've seen the finish line. No matter how, I want to get there. I want to win. I want to succeed. I want to excel. I can finish. I will finish. The same with Jesus. And that's why the next thought is very important. I want to see Caesar. Everybody must remember their vision of Caesar. Acts 27, 24. I'm giving you what determined Paul's success. Paul was going through a major crisis. In Acts 27, verse 24, the ship just capsized. And he said, at night, I saw an angel. The angel said what? Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar. Lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. So, this was what was driving Paul. Who was Caesar? The king. Everybody here has a dream of getting to their palace. Where does Caesar live? The palace. Tell somebody, I want to see Caesar. All of us have our different scissors we want to see. So no matter what is going through in my boat now, I will focus on I must see Caesar. 
I must get to my palace. I must see my course finish. I must finish this course. I must finish my race. I must see my joy. You are looking and fixing your focus on Caesar. Because you have an appointment with who? Caesar. So look, look. Let me give an example. If the governor of the state gives you an appointment and you're going by road for three, do you think traffic will stop you? And you left by 12 and it's very, very bad traffic. You'll be so focused on seeing the governor that you won't care if you have to carry your car. A few months ago, I left my house or office. My PA is here. I don't know the last time I rode on a cutter in my life. I was going to Abuja for a very important meeting. Very, very, very important. If I don't get to that meeting in Abuja, the meeting will not hold. I was so important and integral part of that meeting. Pastor George, we ended up, we were leaving our office for one and a half hours. We were stuck in traffic. My flight would take off at so, so time. After that flight, there is none again. And that is the only flight that will get me to Abuja on time for me to meet that meeting. Without that meeting, I'm gone. I was with my protocol officer, Brother Caleb, Grandpa, and with my PA, Violet, and with my driver. We were stuck, not moving. We were still in the airport down the line. We were not moving. And they were calling my first boarding, second boarding. My boarding pass had been received, everything. The only option I had was to hop on Okada. I had never written Okada. I said, Okada. Yomika Sali on Okada. Okada. And I knew I had to see Caesar. I need to be a temporary situation, not permanent. It was temporary, not permanent. I got down from my, I won't mention the car I drive, so they won't know the car I drive, my very expensive luxurious car. I flagged down two, three Okada men. When they saw me and my protocol officer, it was kind of bad. They charged us crazy amount of money. We were so naive. And one thing about life is I don't cheat people, but it's been cheated. Throughout my flight to Abuja, I was crying on the plane. When I found out I was cheated, as we hoped on the counter, I said, Potter, Potter, Potter. So I got, don't worry, I will get you there. We are going. I said, How much? He said, 5,000. Ah! 5,000 naira. That is Okada. 5,000 for me, 5,000 for Kale, begging 10,000. Come and see me begging, please. Now beg, I beg. 2,000. Say, no, 2,500. Okay, 3, no, 3. We are begging. I said, okay, stop. So I go drop here. I go drop here. I said, no, drop me. I beg. Now for road, middle of the road. They're going to be going to see me. They were kind like this. I said, I beg. I knew I couldn't drop at the middle of the road. My time was going. He drove, he drove, we, rode, we rode to the place. I paid him 5000 for both of us. As I was walking with the man rushing, he said, how much do you pay him? I said, 5000 He said, what? He said, he said it's 100, 200 naira. I said, 200 naira. 200 naira. If you see the way I was fuming, I was just screaming at my, my protocol. Grandpa, you're a bad man. Man, just tell I got to the plane. I was still crying. 200 naira. 5000 I said, ah, hey. I was angry. Brethren, I want to see Caesar. My, what made me to go through all that was what? A passion to see Caesar. I went through what I'd never gone through in my life because I wanted to see you will see your Caesars in the name of Jesus. Have this mindset in you because you need to get to the home 
of a living. You want to see your success. Be willing to go through anything the devil throws at you. If there is a traffic, jump out of your bus. Go through Okada just to ensure you see your Caesar. That's life. That's purely life for all of us. I went through it because I want to see Caesar. Thought number four. Thought number five now. Tell somebody it's lightweight. Not heavyweight. Say it once more. Once more. Once more. Do you know why Paul went through everything he went through? For our light affliction. I got that from Paul's manner. What Paul went through, if you go through it, you will not say it's lightweight. You will not say it's heavyweight. You will say it's steel weight. You say it's airport weight. Paul, you saw, Paul outlined everything he went through. Yet he called his what? Light affliction. <laughs> Paul had a right mindset. Oh, you don't get it. What he went through? Beating, battered, destroyed. This, he, everything in his mind is lightweight. Why? When you compare it with the glory, when you compare it with the success, everything becomes light. But today, the reason we are going, somebody lose phone, bruised, and it's broken. Because the bruise is heavy for you. Because you're not fixing your eyes on the joy. Paul said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, temporary, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight, heavy weight of glory. Weight of glory. I've seen Christians that can't undo afflictions. I'm married for four years. I have no child. Ah, God has abandoned me. I will leave my wife. I will go with somebody else. Ah, ah. It's what? Lightweight. That's why we have too many babies, few sons, few men. Because a baby cannot carry this. But a man will carry this. And say what? Lightweight. If you give this to a three-year-old baby, you say, that is heavy. So we have many babies in faith, few men. Because it's lightweight. Tell somebody it's lightweight. Say it again. Say it once more. Our light affliction. It's a mindset. So the five mindsets to embrace if you are going to be what? Unbroken by COVID-19 after it's gone. Post-COVID-19 message. I'm preaching to you today. Post-COVID-19 message. The five mindsets to embrace. First is what? These two shall pass. Second is what? Third is temporary, not permanent. Third, none of these things. Fourth, I want to see. Finally, it is lightweight not heavyweight. That's the second key. The first key is to stay strong. The second key is to have the right mindset towards life. Right mindset towards life. If you have it, you will go through life post-COVID-19 like it never occurred. People will look at you and say, "Did you? are you in the same country? You say, yes. How come you are different from me? Mindset. How come you are smiling when you are crying? 
minds. Did you go through COVID? I went through it. How come you are acting like you never went through it? Mindset. My mindset is different. It's come to pass. None of these things move me. I will see Caesar. It's temporarily not permanent. And it's a lightweight. It's lightweight. So people will be wondering, what kind of a person are you? Because you have the right mindset. Finally, the final one which is very important is for all of you here. My daughter Oluchi in particular and Violet. Keep good friends and keep company. If you are going to be unbroken, bruised, not broken, you must keep good friends. So the first one is spiritually. Second one is mentally. Third one is socially. If you are going to be unbroken, you must have a strong social life. Not just a great mental life or a great spiritual life. Spiritually, stay strong in the spirit. Mentally, develop the right mindset. But socially, you must keep good friends and company. Because if you have good friends, post-COVID-19, you will laugh it off. If you have bad friends, you'll be living in bitterness, envy, jealousy, hatred, greed. No matter how rich you are, you will think you are nobody. Evil communication corrupts good manners. First Corinthians 15, 53. He that walketh with a wise man shall be wise. Proverbs 13, 13, 20. But a companion of fools. Companion means a person that keeps company with fools. Companion. Someone who keeps company with fools shall be destroyed. So check those you keep company with. Who are those you call your friends? A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Make sure, Gideon, you choose your friends carefully. Don't go and meet people crying in your time of crying. David quickly said himself, hang around those who can lift you up, not pull you down. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 20, 24. Hang around those who can lift you up. Consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Those are the people that can lift you up, not those that will pull you down. You go there and you tell them, Can you see? I'm going through a tough time right now in my office. You know, I used to earn four fifty thousand. Now they slash with three hundred thousand. I'm really, I'm really sad. Eh? As you're leaving the man, the man is saying, Let's go and kidnap the person. That three hundred, I'm going to take it. You can even look at that to make you more miserable. Look for those that will lift you up. There are good people out there. The best gift you can give yourself in life is not a good wristwatch, not a good shoes, not good cars or houses. It's a gift of a good friend. Christians don't know how to give themselves. It's a gift. I gave myself that gift years ago. It's not the things around you. It's a friend beside you. The gift of a good friend. Jesus chose his friends carefully. He had 12 disciples. He had three closest ones with him. He had one friend, John. The only person with him at the cross was John. Others left him. Because I was his friend, not just a disciple. The best gift you can give yourself is not iPhone. What do you call iPhone? Let's say iPhone. Uh, whatever they call it. 11 Pro Max. That's not the best gift. It's not the latest iPad, not the latest technology, or clothes, or dresses. 
It's a gift of a good friend. Sir, am I the one that will give myself that gift? Yes. Just don't know it. So, go to the market. Carefully choose. Prayerfully wait to give yourself the gift of a good friend. One day I will teach you how to choose a friend. They will stand with you. They will stay with you. When you are down, they are down. When you are, when you are sinking, they are sinking. They will never be disloyal to you. They will give their eyes to you. They will die for you. Good friend. So if you are going to be unbroken by COVID-19, make sure after this, you fellowship with only your friends. You talk to only your friends. The gift of a good friend around with people who envy you, but those who appreciate you. I was telling somebody, I said, I love to be appreciated. When you don't appreciate me, I go away from you. Because I, I just who I am. If you don't like me, why am I around you? Let me go around George, who I know likes me, appreciates me, and I appreciate him as well. Don't move around people who envy you, but those who appreciate you. Friends keep us unbroken. They help keep us unbroken. You can't find them on social media. Oh no. Only OJ's got it. You can't find good friends on social media. If you are going, if you are bruised not to be unbroken, it's your friend. You know what, what a friend would do when you are bruised? Do you know when, when David was bruised? Who helped David? Jonathan. He was a friend. He helped him to escape. Gave him bread. Gave him support. Friends are strong support systems. For some people, their best friend is their wives, like mine. A wife will stand by you so that you are unbroken. No matter how many bruises the devil throws at you, your wife stands by you and says, so that we are in it together. Your husband says, we are in it together. For some men, their wives cannot be their friend. For some women, their husbands are not their friends. They antagonize them more than even their enemies. I told you. Did I tell you? Shameless man. Shameless woman. Look at your life now. You see? They brought your life out. That is supposed to be the woman at home with you. So they run outside looking for friends. Brethren, I want to close. This message is dedicated to those out there who have been bruised by COVID-19 scourge. Those who are wounded. Those who have been wounded by the economy and the economic impact of COVID-19. Listen, listen. Silver and gold have I none. I will have given you all money. I don't have it. But such as I have, I give to you this message that post COVID-19 ensure you are unbroken have an unbending faith in God. Make sure no matter what the enemy throws at you, you are still standing strong. Let the devil know that you will change your mindset. Begin to embrace. How do you embrace it? You breathe in and you breathe out. You breathe in the right mindset. What you breathe out will be the right words. For what you breathe in will determine what you breathe out. If you breathe in smoke, you breathe out smoke. If you breathe in love, you breathe out peace. If you breathe in hatred, you breathe out bitterness. 
If you breathe in envy, you breathe out wickedness. If you breathe in greed, you breathe out avarice and covetousness and everything. So breathe in the right stuff, the right mindset. You will breathe out the right life and you will never, ever be broken. Even when you are bruised, you will still come out on top a winner. Let us pray. By your hands, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your sons and daughters who have listened to this message. We wrapped attention. I pray for those who have bruised. I dedicate this message to those bruised out there. But Lord, as you anointing, this Jesus anointing will keep us all from being unbroken in the name of Jesus. I pray you heal the bruised souls, the wounded hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Put your hands together for Jesus.